0: Hi, and welcome to 100 Mistakes Academic Writers Make and How to Fix Them, a new podcast for academics and other writers who need to get work done. I'm Stephanie Dunson, PhD, a writing coach and consultant with over 20 years of experience working with faculty at some of the nation's top colleges and universities. My aim in making this podcast is to help you name your challenges and make adjustments that will allow you to develop a sustainable and meaningful writing routine. In each episode, I'll focus on one of what I've observed to be the 100 most common writing challenges faculty members face. Then I'll offer proven fixes that you can adapt to your particular writing routine. Many are unique to academics, but most will be familiar to writers of all stripes. Alrighty then, let's get started. Mistake number one, reading too many books about writing. Uh, Books about writing. They can seem so assuring, and in a world of writing that for most of us is fraught with messiness and uncertainty, books on writing seem to have all the answers. If you've found a book or two that has helped you get work done in ways that meet your needs, congratulations! You can stop listening to this episode and get back to writing. If, however, you've not found a book on writing that works for you, or more to the point, if you've accumulated many books that seem like they'd help but that didn't, stay tuned. To be fair, there are a lot of really good books about writing out there that offer a multitude of helpful suggestions, strategies, and techniques. But not all of what they say applies to you. In fact, reading too many books on writing can overinform your writing process. When we write, it's challenging to make out the tiny voice inside trying to articulate our ideas. We struggle to sort through the multitude of voices in our heads competing with even contradicting each other as we try to capture our ideas on the page. The last thing we need then is a chorus of additional interventions muddying up the process. Even if the suggestions are valid, if you have too many in mind, they can distract you from actually getting writing done. There are also those among us who use the accumulation of books on writing as a way to seem to be moving toward writing while not actually getting writing done. You know who you are. This variety of writing book hoarders put off writing because they found a book that appears to have a lot of great writing advice that they simply must read before they get down to work. Or, even worse, they interrupt their writing project because they've come across something new that they feel compelled to ingest before they proceed. It's always a gamble to stop a writing project to take on more baggage about writing, unless the information truly is vital to sustaining the process. And it's inefficient and potentially stifling to load up on too much advice before launching into a writing project. So, what's the fix? In order to get a real sense of what your particular writing challenges are, you need to spend significant time doing an honest assessment and evaluation of the way your writing process actually works, and more importantly, how it's not working. The way to do this is to start allotting a part of your writing time to what is called process writing or, in fancier circles, metacognitive writing. Process writing is what writing theorist Peter Elbow refers to as Movies of the Mind. In essence, it's writing that you do to describe the cognitive processes behind writing that you've just done. It's describing what you were thinking as you were writing, what you planned as you started writing where your writing picked up and stalled, when you changed your mind, which things you considered writing about but chose not to. In essence, the things that informed your decisions as you were writing. For some of you, this will be new because you don't realize that you're making decisions as you write. You're so wrapped up in the act of writing that you're not observing what your mind is doing, for better or for worse, as you're trying to accomplish the task. To clarify, Process writing is not about what you've written, it's about what you were thinking as you wrote. It may seem a bit unnatural at first. In fact, some people find it initially helpful to write about themselves in the third person in order to establish enough distance to observe the decisions that they've made. Third person process writing might go like this. When she started writing, she was feeling a lot of resistance about diving into this portion of the chapter. She had a general sense of where to start, but she didn't have a lot of faith in it. Still, she jumped in and wrote what really felt like just a repetition of what she'd said before. She found herself getting distracted and checking email and ended up spending too much time doing that. When she returned to her writing, she'd lost her train of thought and mainly just became frustrated with herself. Here's an example of first-person process writing. Well, once again, I didn't get the writing done that I had planned. I'd set the time aside this morning to start the next chapter. I thought I was pretty clear about what I needed to do, but when nine o'clock came around, I found myself absorbed in doing other things. I reread an article that came up when I was doing research and generated a few notes. At some point, I realized that I was just procrastinating because I just didn't feel like writing. Why is it so difficult for me to just get started? And here's one final example. I'm not sure why, but writing went surprisingly smoothly today. I noticed as I was writing that some of the things that I didn't anticipate coming up were genuinely interesting. I was surprised by the question that I raised about the secondary data, especially because that's information that I thought I was less prepared to address. But as I moved into that area, things moved more fluidly than they had in weeks. I want to think more about how I might replicate that feeling. You should do process writing immediately after you've finished a writing task, but it needn't take up more than three or four minutes. And you should definitely also do it when you have a lot of time for writing but gotten little or nothing done. Spending some time reflecting on what stood in your way can be instrumental in figuring out your own internal barriers. The objective of process writing isn't to resolve your challenges and articulate your difficulties in one sitting. Rather, it's something to do routinely over a period of time, rereading only after you've amassed at least a few weeks of observations. When rereading a span of process writing, your objective is to look for patterns, to notice things that are surprising, to look for similar themes, to note the times when you felt confounded and the times when you felt motivated. Track your attitudes and assumptions, and ask yourself questions that naturally arise from what you observe. This is how you start to develop a more complete picture of who you are and how you work as a writer. Getting a realistic sense of who you are as a writer is a key to developing sustainable, productive writing habits. And it's not something that you'll necessarily find in a book. Every writer is unique, with his or her own particular idiosyncratic behaviors and baggage. Often, if you make a study of your own writing process, you start to recognize for yourself what the corrections are that you might need to make to keep yourself on track. Even if you can't diagnose your own problems, making a study of who you are as a writer gives you a better sense of exactly what you're looking for when you do peruse books about writing. After all, it doesn't matter how terrific the ideas you come across might seem. If they don't match with who you are as a writer, with how you think through the writing process, and with the particular challenges you face, they won't have an impact in the long run. It comes down to this. Very few people are able to reinvent themselves as writers based simply on what they read in a book. You may be able to make temporary adjustments. You might be able to make a prescription work for you in the moment through novelty or sheer determination, but in those cases, It's almost inevitable that you'll fall back on old routines that are the real source of your difficulties. And that can cause you to become even more disappointed in your efforts and frustrated that you're unable to sustain what seem like perfectly sensible practices. It can be like going on a fad diet. You might be able to lose some weight at the start, but ultimately you're going to fall back on your old habits. The secret to making substantive change is to honestly assess who you are as a writer, what you need, and what stands in your way. The solution isn't to look outside. It's to look inside. So that's today's episode. If this mistake applies to you, try out this fix and let me know how things worked. Remember... All of the fixes I offer are meant to be flexible interventions. There may be ways you apply my suggestions that look different from what I've described, but that work for you. In that case, it's always terrific to hear the ways you adapt a fix that makes it a more meaningful match for your particular writing routine. So drop me an email. You can reach me through the contact link on my webpage, 100writingmistakes.org. Also, feel free to offer any suggestions for topics you hope that I'll cover in upcoming episodes. If you found this episode helpful, spread the news about the podcast to colleagues and friends you think might benefit because faculty are the most underserved writers on any college campus. And I wanna change that. Special thanks go out this week to Tuan Vu, Tracy Sutherland, Stephen Lawrence, and Amy Chang. See you next time.